welcome everybody to the Chilliwack Alliance Church podcast. Today we have a very special guest, our one and only Wayne Massey. Uh, Wayne is known in our church and in town. Wayne, what do you feel like you're known for? <laughs> Good depends question. Who, depends who asks, I guess. Yeah, my wife says the man, the myth, and the legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I'm known well throughout the town for uh, a good reputation or a reputation as a good realtor in Chilliwack, also known as a, I like to think as a godly man. And uh, none of us are ever righteous, but that is my one goal in life is to lead a righteous life. Remember the story of Abraham? And he said to the God, don't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. If I can find 50 righteous men, and he got down to finding 10 righteous men. And in a city of thousands, he <sighs> couldn't find 10. And I just pray that in Chilliwack, there are at least 10 or more. And I want to be counted in th that group of men so that we could save our city. Hey, amen. <laughs> Do you, um, that sense of integrity, that sense of uh, mm -hmm. faithfulness and honesty and purity, mm -hmm. Was that always something close to your heart? Is it like something important? Or is, yeah, tell yeah. us a little bit about, I think, I think people want to know a little bit about your upbringing and maybe even even go further back. What's, yeah, what mm. is, what's the origin story of Massey? Oh, gee, my father's family are American. They're oh. actually from the United States. And my dad uh, hit my grandfather, was born in uh, Detroit. My dad was born in Detroit. And uh, his mother was actually born in Scotland. And in World War One, my grandfather married a little Scottish lass and brought her over to the Americas. And then in World War Two, by then they had moved to Canada. So they had emigrated to Canada and started a construction company and house building and so on. And really? Yeah. So you've always sort of been in the peripherals of the housing industry. Totally. Understanding it. Yeah. Knowing well, it. My grandpa, when I was in 1954, uh, they built two homes, uh, my brother and my uncle and my grandfather built the homes on Emerson Street in Chilliwack or in Hamilton, Ontario. And uh, they moved into those houses and they continued building. Yeah. And then in uh, 1959, sold those houses and built a nice house out in the country on two acres. So we moved out to... Wow paradise actually it was the most beautiful place to grow up as a kid that's and that's where you spent your childhood exactly in two I, acres. I was 11 i was yeah. 11 years old when we moved out from the big city of hamilton city of hamilton in the late 50s was not a nice place you know there were a lot of hard rock guys out there a lot yeah. of pool hustlers and a lot of if you can remember the 50s with the ducktails and the hot rods and the and the and the and the teenage uh, rebels that kind of thing they they had other names for them back then. Hoods, it was it comes to mind. Yeah. Hoodlums is another. Right? I can't remember, but yeah. I have read The Outsiders. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a good story, yeah. a good book. <clears throat> yeah. So, mom and dad wanted to get us out of town because it was not a good place to raise kids, and they, being a veteran, he was able to through the VLA, get two acres of land and build a new house. But, but I didn't do a lot. We cut grass and we grew vegetables and so on. And we had a big pond that we skated on in the, in the wintertime, which was great. But I became very good friends with uh, Johnny James, a uh, 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 high school buddy. Actually, public school, grade seven, Woodhill Public School, one-room school, Joe. <laughs> grade eight, 
uh, eight grades, I should say, in a one-room school. <clears throat> and then um, Johnny had a farm. His parents had a farm. And that's where I spent my time. Saturday nights, NHL, uh, hockey. Uh, he rooted for uh, Montreal Canadiens, and I was a Maple Leafs fan, of course. And uh, Foster Hewitt would call the play. Do the play call. Was the was his farm near your place? Yeah. Near just, your house? Just up the street. You could walk there? Oh, I did every day. Yeah, every worked day? there, worked there. Yeah. Okay, I wanna I really wanna get to this, but just for our listeners who really like things in chronological order. Yeah. And I know that might be hard yeah. for for us and for you in this podcast, because it's really <laughs> easy to go on a whole bunch of tangents. But let's just let's just back up really quickly. Um just understanding Coming from Scotland to Canada, yeah. how did how did that happen? Well, again, my uh, grandparents, my grandmother's from Scotland, yeah. but my grandfather was born in the United States, America, okay. and his family. His how did they meet? <clears throat> he was a World War One. He met over oh, overseas. No way. Yeah, he met over in overseas, uh, over there, <laughs> and uh, my family, my uncles, my great uncles are all Ford executives. They were higher ups in Fords with Henry Ford at the turn of the century in the late 20s. In, in, Serious? In the, seriously. They, they Is were, the Massey name or a different name? Oh, under Massey. Under yeah. Massey. Yeah. yeah. And they, like, they would have known Henry Ford. They did. They worked with him and worked for him. And then my dad worked at Fords in the 50s when they opened the Oakville plant in Oakville, Ontario. Yeah. And in, you know, I have a, a beautiful 1957 Meteor, the That's yellow, right. black, and That's white right. one. Well, yeah. my dad worked on the lines and he was building engines and he came home in March of 57 with a brand new yellow, black, and white 1957 uh. Meteor. <laughs> so yeah. was he from Michigan? Yes, he was born in Detroit. Detroit. <clears throat> and then and that's the connection to Canada is he takes his Bonnie Lass up to... No, now oh. there you go. Now his parents... <clears throat> His dad left Detroit. He wasn't part of Ford. Oh, okay. His brothers were. Yeah. And so he came to uh, Hamilton, Ontario in the 1920s. And uh, then my dad grew up in, in, in Hamilton. He was like three or four years old. So he grew up in Hamilton. Yeah. And then he was Canadian citizen and joined the Canadian Army, renounced his American citizenship in 1939. Wow. Yeah. Did he go serve in World War II yep, as well? For six years. Six years. Yeah. Where, whereabouts? Well, Africa, France, yeah. England, Holland, liberation of Holland in 1942. Really? And, yeah, Italy and down in Africa. He was in Africa against Rommel. <sighs> yeah, so he had some good stories to tell back then. Came home yeah. and then... Well, married my mom in 46. Yeah. Met and married in 46. And I was born in two years after that, 48. So I'm seven decades ahead here. So you don't have a lot of time to put my history uh, in chronological <laughs> order. I'm that's sure. true. That's true. Yeah. But I just, I want to, um, mm-hmm. yeah, piece this a little bit apart. Just the sense of having uh, a dad who served in the war and came home. Mm-hmm. Was that hard in the family life? Was there tensions post-war? All of that. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, back then with, 
post-traumatic stress syndrome. That was not a term that not anybody term. used. Yeah. Uh, Labatt's 50 and, and, and uh, <laughs> Carling Redcap was our, our was medicinal person. Okay. That, that's all we got through the war yeah. and what was left over and the uh, psychological and emotional uh, problems and trauma. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the buddies. I can remember as a kid, his uh, friends Art and Jack and, and so on would come over and it would be a binge drink because they were all talking about their war stories and yeah. a lot of, lot of uh, sorrow, a lot of pain. Yeah, seeing their buddies blown up right beside them. Yeah, and and getting shot and hurt or whatever. My uncle wow. was shot in the war and he came home. But uh, yeah, the, as a kid, and I mean, like when I'm eight and nine, ten years old, I can hear them downstairs talking and yelling and wow and so on yeah and there was a lot of trauma and he was also not very uh, good um as far as a uh, fatherly example because he really w didn't know how to and uh, he was he was kind of, he I, I have to say um suffered traumatically yeah and when he was dying in 1967 he was 44 years old that's got, so young yeah he got cancer joe yeah, and so I had to nurse him through because he, for the many years, he was very abusive to the kids and to my mom physically and so on. And uh, so, as he was dying, there were stories. He was crying yeah. on his deathbed, and that's when my pastoring. I was already by sixty-seven uh -huh. involved at the United Church. I was a youth leader. How old were you then? Four, uh, let's see, 67, I would have been eight, 19, 18 years old, okay. 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And uh, I was already, I, uh, my parents didn't go to church. My mom was a great believer, but didn't go to church. My dad uh, didn't. And so in 1965, Reverend Micklejohn asked me to do lead the Youth Sunday, and because I was already leading church, I, had, I got baptized in 1964. Okay, and uh, in 61, I took the Lord as my Savior at a Nazarene church out in Copetown, yeah. small country church. It was through Vacation Bible School. No way. Yeah, I was 12 years old, and a Vacation Bible School, wow. a month before my 13th birthday. By the time I was 15, I was doing Sunday school and leading young adults. And then Grant Micklejohn was a pastor at the... Uh, uh, United Church in Rockton, and he said, I'd like you to do the service on the Sunday and, and get your youth team to lead. And he said, you do the, you do the uh, sermon. The whole, the the whole, whole service. Thing, the whole yeah. service. And, you know, that was such a, I, that was my first <laughs> foray into serving God yeah. and being a pastor and uh, leading uh, and, and preaching. And I said, I don't know what to preach on. And he gave me a book, and it was the Lord's Prayer. Mm. And it was Matthew 6. He said, preach on the Lord's Prayer. Mm. And it seemed odd and strange for me to be at the front of the church, in the, <laughs> standing at the pulpit, yeah. to all of my friends and the, all the farmers, all the low, and, and the guys in my class at school, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. But, you know, the Spirit just filled me, and it was just an awesome. And when I went to return the book, he said, uh, you keep that. Do you still have it? I still have that, Joe. I love, I love hearing your stories. You have such a, <clears throat> if you guys don't know this about Wayne, he has such a, great memory mm -hmm. and it's almost like he's back in those moments and mm -hmm. can describe little details like what color of what color were the walls in the church mm -hmm. wayne mm -hmm. they were wooden walls yeah, exactly too. they were wooden walls yeah with pews 
with pews. Uh, yeah, what color oak, were the pews? They were oak pews. Oak pews. Just and but they had nice it's stained so glass windows. Stained glass windows. It was a white church, a little country church, <laughs> a white church out in, yeah, across yeah. from the general post office in Rockton. Well, how neat is it that someone uh, believed in you yeah. when you were older, and it sounded like uh, I don't want to speculate, but it sounded like that probably felt very affirming. Yes, coming from a childhood where maybe you didn't get yeah. enough affirmation. Yeah. But that's very meaningful it was. as a young as a young man. Yeah. You I, gained right. a lot of self esteem. You know, I was affirmed in many ways outside of my father. Yeah, it's very tearful, and some people can relate to it. Uh, my dad never hugged me or uh, was friendly or gracious to me. Yeah. He was very very abrupt. He didn't know how to show love because he had a very uh, terrible childhood, which I won't get into. But yeah. so for him, it was really hard. And it was on my 16th birthday that my mother and sister planned a surprise birthday party for me. So I came home. Yeah. After working at the, at the Dominion store, I was a bagging clerk at the <laughs> Dominion store. Mm. And I came home and the, the place was kind of dark, but I walked in and I hear this big surprise. Hello, happy birthday, right? And my dad greeted me at the top of the landing of the stairway, and he came over and said, congratulations, son, happy birthday, shook my hand, and kind of gave me a hug. And that was the <laughs> first time. I had to leave the room, Joe. I was crying so hard. I wow. couldn't stay with my friends. What a sad but beautiful story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you end up seeing a... I sort of see the the pain he had too mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. saying that because yeah. he probably really wanted yeah. to show you he loved you. Yeah. Well, we talked about his deathbed. Yeah. So and let's go back to that because we just were there. Yeah, that started then, in August of '67. Yeah. And he died in February, but he wouldn't go to the hospital. Yeah. So those nights that I was finishing, I was in my first year of university, and those were tough times when you're trying to. St- I was in natural sciences. Yeah. Math. Chemistry and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so you had, I had ton a ton of work. ton of work. And but then, I would stay up with him during the night and yeah. uh, give him morphine shots. And he would tell you stories. Yeah, of the war and yeah. of his upbringing. And I learned, if only I'd known those stories 10 years earlier, Man. if only it would have made a big difference, I could have yeah. understood them better. Maybe and, you wouldn't have understood them, yeah, though. No, maybe not. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah, good. Wow, what a... what a, what Finish that, though. What... What happened? Well, that, uh, it came to um, an amazing outcome. First of all, we were able to relate mm. father and son for the first time. Yeah. It was tough because he withered away from 210 pounds to about 90 pounds. Um, at near the end, of course, the uh, palliative care kicks in. Yeah. And you have to help your dad into the bathroom and everything else and yeah. take care of the my mom had no stomach for that whatsoever, so mm. I ended up doing it. But by December, Christmas time, we had to put him in the hospital. So mm. he fought tooth and nail, but we got he got there. And um, that's where I met my wife, my first wife, Joyce. She was a registered nurse. She was the team leader for the floor that he what? was on. Yes. And so here, here I am. If you, Joe, this is funny. <laughs> This is a good story. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a love story. And I got to tell you, my, I'm going in to visit my dad. I had to quit university uh, at the end of December. Because it was I, too much. Too much. I couldn't yeah. carry the course load. 
and take care of it. And then um, I would go to the hospital after I got a job at uh, and Bank of Montreal is uh, on a management, accelerated management program. And so I started there and after work, I'd go up to the hospital to s visit with my dad and be with him. And one day outside uh, his, his room, he was sleeping and I'm standing talking to an orderly and it's about 7.30 at night. And you know what the topic is, Joe? It's cars. 1967. Yeah. The Camaro, the Firebird had just uh. come out to compete with the Mustang, <laughs> yeah. right? So this orderly and I are comparing notes. What's more, what's better, the Camaro, the Mustang, whatever, right? Yeah. And uh, and as I look, <laughs> what was better back then? I think the uh, I bought the Firebird actually. Okay, <laughs> so I, I'd say the Firebird. But uh, I looked over the orderly's shoulder, and there was a nurse delivering juice into each of the room at night. And she had her headband, her white cap on with the black band on it, and her yeah. uniform was pressed and it looked really Florence Nightingale. Joe, she yeah. was radiant. Yeah. And I looked over and she's down the hall about <laughs> six rooms, right? And I said to the guy, the orderly I'm talking to, Gary was his name. I said, what is an orderly? An orderly, <laughs> he changes the beds, the pants, oh, okay, he does okay. all the grunt okay. work. Okay. He does all the grunt work. Okay. And uh, sometimes looks after the male guy, get him in and out of the shower, that kind okay. of stuff. So you spot this, this I nurse. spot this radiant beauty, and and I just said, hey, Gary, wait, 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 who is that? <laughs> you know, that wow, that yeah. wow factor. You had that probably when you met Jen for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it just, every man who has just have been infatuated, just overwhelmed by the beauty of a, and the feeling of that. So uh, he didn't know who she was. And as she got closer, I, I kind of paid very close attention. I said, hi, how are you? I made a point of saying, hi, how are you? Yeah. But she kind of looked at me strange and said, so, yeah, okay, bye. So <laughs> how, old, how old were you 19. Here? 19, okay. 19. Yeah. This is in February. This is, yes, in February. And it's 68. And the first uh, end of January, first week of February. And so I went to the f desk. They had a, a nursing clerk, a, a station, nursing station. And I went to the desk, and there's Andrea, a girl I went to high school with. And she's a nurse. Mm -hmm. And I said, Andrea, I need, your, I need a favor. <laughs> and I, said, I need a wingman. I need to know who that girl is. Who's your head nurse right now? Who's the girl? <laughs> What's her name? Oh, she said, all those years in high school, you never asked me out. Now you want me to get you the name of another girl? <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed. And I, so, but she did. She got me the name and phone number. Wow. Yeah, you can do that today with privacy and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I called. You called. I called Joyce. Hey, do you remember me? I said, Joyce, Wayne yeah. Massey calling <laughs> from the hospital. My, you're, you are my dad's nurse, right? And she says, why are you calling me? And I said, well, yeah. because I think it'd be good if we had made time to have a coffee together. And she says, I'm here with my boyfriend, and I don't mm. think I have time for coffee with you. And she hung up the phone. <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a blow to the ego. Yep, but it didn't deter me. <laughs> Where did you get this self-confidence from? <laughs> you always had it? No, being a street kid. Yeah. Being a street kid. Just all, like in Hamilton, yeah. growing up yeah. on the streets with um, kids playing sports, but then also getting into trouble, yeah. get a, have a certain Having amount a of... Fight. Oh, you, you were fist fighting. You were, yeah. you, we had a... It you got to be quick too, it, right? Like, you, like yeah. not just quick physically, but quick on your feet. Yeah. Like someone says, hey, who are you? And you got to make up a name or something. Yeah, you got to <laughs> be there. And, and you want to be uh, on top. Yeah. yeah and there was a lot of, I called it the hood. 
Yeah. He, I did that a while ago. And Joe, this is this could be ancient history for you, yeah. but back then there was a religious war or differences between Roman Catholics and Protestants. I've, you know, I've heard about this. Yeah. Well, um, and my family has history in this, but I don't really understand it. And that was that got brought to the streets oh yeah we would beat each other up in the streets they we had what? gang they had a gang i got beat up a few times i beat a few guys up forgive me lord i shouldn't have done that but i did what? we were fighting for the right for protestantism and for jesus it was the right thing to do really really oh, were yeah. you really though yes was that really the conviction think yeah. about that hard or was it just like they were they were they were not one of us they were catholics i know but yeah do you, were you understanding that as a kid, or were you just saying, let's fight? No, I just knew that they weren't nice guys, and that we had to beat them up. <laughs> you had to. <laughs> well, they beat me up. Okay. Man, three of them. Wait, Brian, they started oh, it. Oh, Terry, <laughs> Terry uh, 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 and uh, I better not mention names on the air, <laughs> but I can tell you there were three guys that tackled me over by Princess Elizabeth School, yeah. and they not didn't just beat me up and leave me in the bushes. I mean, like, I was black and blue and bloody all over. Wow. Yeah, but it, I, I did. Where it, were the parents? They didn't do anything. It's just this is street stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. So, literally, raised on the streets in a way. In a way, in and a you way. got you got street smart, and you got yeah. confident, and uh, you had to, yeah, if you're going to survive. And in school, I, I was. I have to say, I was pretty popular. Popular, yes, and Exuberant. good in school too. I, I actually could do really well with English and math and uh, history, and I love school. And sports as well. Sports. I played football. In fact, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I played football and hockey. All you wore a leather jacket. No, oh, I didn't wear a leather jacket. I, I wore the uh, the other one with the leather sleeves on it. But oh, you not did. A, yes, I like did. the suede High school and leather. One, yes. With the captain? No, I wasn't oh. a captain. I was a, I was quarterback one year, but I was I really enjoyed tight end or left end or whatever, you know. And uh, f I played halfback for a while. Okay. But hockey was my I really liked hockey. I played that. We won a couple times. Had a few yeah go arounds there. That was a all through high school. We were out at Galt Arena playing junior no wow. not junior A but 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 you know yeah. Midget and all that. So sort the of drama thing. Greece is about you. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. Wow. Uh. That, I mean, did you guys go have milkshakes at the diner? Oh, Joe. <laughs> Actually, we would go to Dairy Queen or we'd go A and W. It was always a good one. And the diners, there was one in Dundas. We would go to Dun <laughs> off on of, uh, King Street, right off down from the school, yeah. and you get to the jukebox and you get to the tables and you put the dimes in. Yeah. Yeah, you would, and Peggy Sue, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Now. Was there a sense of um, sort of fun? Like, was it fun times? Oh, or was it, Or was there other stuff going on, too? Joe, in the late 60s, 63 Kennedys killed, 68 Martin Luther Kings killed, Robert Kennedy's yeah. assassinated. We got the Vietnam War going on. We got yeah. the nukes and the Russians happening. We got the end of the world tomorrow, and rockets are taking off in flight every which way. Apollo was this way and, uh, and so on. And I'm driving around town in a hopped-up 1957 meteor, red and white, to the hard top, <laughs> dragging and racing anybody I can. Did, so and, are you saying you picked up on that angst? Yeah, like, you picked up on that, and, and you you lived for today. Mm. 
And as much as you went to school and you studied and you did your thing, but when it, the, the social time, the guy yeah. time and, and the dating scene and so forth and the sock hops and the dances and all of that. And yeah, it, it just all sounds so quintessential. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it was a mag, uh, you know, it was a magnificent time. And yet at the same time, it was a scary time. I, we got married young back then. I was 21. I turned 22 a couple months after I got married. Eh? Yeah. And uh, you remember the girl, Joyce, I told you about? Of course. Well, she she's my beautiful bride. Yeah. And the fact she had a boyfriend didn't deter that Valentine's. Remember I said it was yeah. February? Two weeks later, I'm sending her Valentine's flowers. Three other guys sent her Valentine's flowers, too. Everyone wanted... Joyce. Joyce. Oh, yes. And then finally, you prevailed. Yeah. And not that you won her, but she chose you. Oh, yeah. But that wasn't easy. I, I'll give you a little... Let's go back a step. Okay. Here I am at my dad's in the hospital. And this is about the 21st of Febu- February, because this is after the Valentine's. Yeah situation yeah. I finally convince her we need to go out on a date <laughs> and I'm taking her out to the movies taking her out for dinner and then we're going to go to a movie and I said to dad I'm out on a date tonight I'm going out with one of the nurses yeah and he said really I said yeah I'm going to introduce you to her though yeah uh, before I go out tonight yeah and he's saying you really want to go out with Judy she's the best nurse in this whole hospital and he has this real lucid moment like yeah. he's on his deathbed he dies three days later yeah, wow. And he's on his deathbed, and, and he's he's telling me I need to go out with Judy. 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 And I Not said, Joyce. No, no, he doesn't. I just, yeah. no, I've got, I didn't even tell him a name yet. Yeah. I just said, I'm going out with this nurse. I'm going to introduce you in a minute. And uh, he says, no, don't, you just go out with Judy. She's the best nurse, uh, best nurse anywhere, right? And uh, so when it came time, I walked, I met Joyce at the hospital, came in and introduced. I said, Dad, I want you to meet Joyce. And he looked at that's not Joyce, that's Judy. <laughs> and I said, what? He said, yeah, that's Judy. And I, and I looked at Joyce and she said, well, he didn't like the name Joyce, so he's called me Judy ever since. <laughs> and she would sit at nighttime, hold his hand and pray Aww. with him. I wow. had no idea. And wow. she led him to the Lord. No way. Yes. And so we're out on a date. Yeah. I, I don't know this leading to the Lord part till much later. Yeah. We're out on a date that night. The next night... I have to see her again. Yeah. I, I can't live without her now, yeah. right? And so she comes back in the hospital. She's on shift that night. And we go down to the room, and I just say, Dad, this is Joyce. And he knew that. Yeah. And he says, and I'm holding her hand. And he says, you know what regret I have? I said, what? He said, I won't live long enough to see you two get married. Oh, Isn't wow. that amazing? Wow. What a story. We had an awesome marriage. We were married for 43 years, four beautiful children. Yeah. And a great, and we were following the Lord. She was, she was, she was my uh, redeemed. She saved me. She, she brought me. Yeah. She, she grounded you a bit. Oh, she grounded me great. Because you were, oh, yeah. You had so many ambitions, it yeah. sounds like, and yeah. so much confidence and yeah. kind of dangerous in a way. Who knows oh, yeah. where you I would was end a wild, up? Wild I was card. A wild card, yeah. And yet, then you meet her and. Shortly after got married? Oh, no, two years. Two years yeah, of dating years. and well, courting. She, courting, a wonderful courtship. But, you know, by Easter, Dad's died. We've gone to a funeral. That's the yeah. first funeral she'd ever been to. And then we go through Is March. she 19 as well? No, she was she was three years older than me. Oh, okay. So we go to um, uh, Easter, 
And then she just says, this is way too fast, way too right, way too... She said, oh, she said, I can't... But she said, I just broke yeah. up with my boyfriend. Yeah. And so now he's... She says, I got... Is he upset? I, he's really upset. He's yeah. He's really he's coming upset. after you. Yeah. No, not after me. He's oh. still trying to come after her. And she just says, "You know what? Can we just take a breather? Can we step back a bit?" She said, "I, I, I I've never felt this way and all that sort of stuff." And I said, "Yeah, yeah we need to." She sounds wise. Yeah, she said, "We need to put this on, press the pause button on this whole thing." So we paused for four months. Okay. We just paused. We just said, "Okay, no calling, no nothing, no whatever," and I just said, "What?" Just leave it at that. That wasn't easy. No. That was not easy. Man, no. that wasn't easy. But one more, one evening, September, uh, I came home from, uh, I think, uh, I was still working, yeah. No, then I, I had gone to, I, I quit the bank and I was at Hamilton Teachers College. I was at college <laughs> to become a teacher. Yeah. And I came home that Friday and there's her little Volkswagen oh, wow. in the driveway. The, yeah. Her nice white 67 Volkswagen parked in the driveway. She she often would come out and visit with my mom. Her and my mom got along really, really well. Yeah. And so I pulled, I walked in the house and I just said, hi. How are, she, I've seen her a couple other times. Yeah. So I just walked in and said, hi, how are you doing? Oh, fine. And they're having tea. Yeah. And I went up to my room and, and then I came back down a little while later and uh, she said, can we go for a walk? Yeah. And we went down Bellum's Road and we just walked and she said, I want it. We're going to do it. I'm ready. Are you wow. ready? Yeah. I said, I thought you'd never, ever ask. <laughs> and so there you go, you know. that yeah. was. You had to wait, but it was worth it. Yeah. And then, then a, a year or so later, yeah, you get married. married. Yeah, we got married. So that was uh, 68, and we got married in the summer of 70. So, okay. So it was two years later. We yeah. got married. You still had to go through. I had to finish tea, tea college. She yeah. was... Uh, so you got you guys had you had your degree and she had her she was a registered nurse she had her degree yeah. and so we so waited. then you know the world's in front of you and yeah. and you say let's live in Hamilton still yeah we we actually lived in Stony Creek where she we've got an apartment oh. in Stony Creek yeah, yeah. which was kind of tough taking a boy out of the country and putting him in a, a pigeon a, 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 you know a little rabbit cage yeah. in a pigeon hole you know it was just like a one bedroom apartment on the fourth floor. Oh, yeah. Joe, that was that was tough. That was tough for that you. That was tough, and uh, felt a little constrained. Yeah, claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. But, but you did it. We did it for two years. Then we bought a new house. We bought a house. And you you bought a you bought a house. Bought a house in '72. How much did that cost? Twenty six thousand five hundred dollars. Whoa, that's a lot. That was at that time. Uh, yeah, yeah, usually I hear the those stories. It's usually kind of less. Yeah, I mean that's still that's no. still low. You still to low, today. but. Yeah. Um, okay. So then when did, and then when did you start having kids? Oh, 11 months after we were married. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Scott okay. came along. Our yeah. oldest son, Scott. Yeah. He came along. And so and, we had him for the one year we were still in the apartment and then wow. pregnant with our second yeah. one. And he was going to, he was born due and come along in 73. So we ended up buying uh, we got ourselves house. a nice house in Stony Creek, in Grimsby, which is outside of Stony Creek, because okay. we couldn't afford Hamilton or Stony Creek. It was too expensive, so yeah. we moved out of town a bit and yeah. bought a nice little place out there. And you were teaching at the time, yeah, grade eight math and English, grade eight math and English yeah. in, in public school. school, middle school, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you liked that? Loved that. But you see, public school was different than Joe. Every morning we started off with the Lord's Prayer. Huh. Every day. 
I had four grade eight classes on rotation. Yeah. So I had one group in it, but I was teaching religious education every day. I was going through the book of Luke every every week. I was teaching parables out of Luke. No way. And there was one one little guy, and and his name was Mark, and uh, he came to me with a note from his parents. He was Jehovah Witness, okay. and he said, "My mom and and dad, I told them that we were doing." Bible studies in your class, one of my English classes, mm-hmm. was set up with uh, studying uh, the scriptures. And uh, she said that uh, I'm supposed to give you this note. And it says, please excuse Mark from class. Let him go to the library because we have our own religion. Thank you very much. Hmm. And I said, okay, no problem, Mrs. Whatever. Yeah. And so um, I said, Mark, we're going to do religious education now. So uh, Bible study now. So maybe you can go to the library for this period and we'll catch up to you later, right? And he said, came up to my desk and he said, Mr. Massey, please let me stay. I won't tell my mom this time. (laughs) Oh, wow. And I thought that was awesome. What a different time. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder, I mean, it seems like it would be easier to integrate your Christian life and become holistically more Christian yep. just if you know the the secular or you know the normal settings still were allowed you were you're yeah. allowed to integrate some of your faith well we least. could we could teach uh, you know scriptural uh, tenets the, yeah. the the 10 commandments we could teach interesting the even though you were teaching math and English yeah but uh, you could still I did my yeah. yeah, because uh, the other thing I should interject here is that at that time I hadn't finished my university. Remember, I had to mm-hmm. set, postpone that because my dad was sick. So I went to teacher's college. But you could teach after two years of teacher's college. Yeah. Then I, they credited that towards your BA. But then the rest of my BA I did in religious education. Oh. And I worked that. So on my uh, summers off, I would be at uh, Waterloo Lutheran University or McMaster University. Wow. Picking up my courses like you've just done over the last few years. Yeah, you busy know times. Like. Yeah, busy yeah. times. Yeah. But good for you. And then you got it done. Yeah. Yeah. How long did you end up teaching for? Six or seven years. Okay. Yeah. And it was really, really good. But then the union came in. So that was and That's pre-union. when things changed. Yeah. 1973, the union, 74, the union came in. And I wasn't going to have any part of any union. Yeah. That was against my religion. At the time, <laughs> I was with the Christian Reformed Church. And I couldn't. Say that I was on track to go to vice principalship. So it was a, it was literally a conviction. Yes, you didn't have another job lined up. Anything Nothing. you just said, I'm I need here. to take a stand. Yeah. For what was so? What's the, the number one thing about it? What uh, what was it that you couldn't you sign not, on to? No, the union and the control and uh, their ethics and the whole. Because um, starting then, you weren't allowed to. You couldn't tell your the management. Beliefs? No, yeah, another thing. They didn't yeah. bring anything in like that yet. All okay. they were doing was assembling a, a, a union, and that but you could tell it was they, coming. I knew where it was going to go from there. Yeah. From prior history, my uncle Burris Burris was a, a union. Uh, 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 leader with the uh, Stelco company and I heard so many stories from him about their and what they do and and their yeah you know the, the cause I'm still trying to understand uh, excuse me because maybe I'm naive on this yeah. what again what was it about unions that were anti-christian reformed 
they were anti-God. Okay. They were communists. They were socialists. They were not believers at all. Okay. I think I understand. Yeah, then they got in, and you know what's happened to our school system and our public school system and yeah. everything else since then, right? Yeah. And take it, they look at the BCTF union leaders and what they do. And so, right. Now you got Yeah, it. we won't get into that. No, but I, I, I definitely, I just, I'm always curious what's the, um, yeah, what's, because it's not as if hmm. the idea of union isn't all bad. But there's some. There are there good was, parts of it that, that yeah. are necessary, particularly in the factories and the and the children's la- child labor and all that sort of stuff, yeah. and getting good wages for the guys and bringing yeah. management to table and give them medical coverage and all, etc. Yeah, there's some great parts of union, but the overall be, uh, yeah. beliefs. But I got to go back one step with you. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, I, well, yeah because I'd... we talked about Joyce and we talked about. Mickle John, and we talked, Joyce was uh, at the, the Christian Reformed Church, so I left the United Church and went to the Christian Reformed Church, yeah. and I was so impressed with their Bible knowledge. They were very Calvinistic, of course, uh, by nature, yeah. and then I just said to Joyce, uh, we were together going on one of the, there's a place in Stony Creek called Devil's Punch Bowl. <laughs> yeah, okay. it really is. Yeah. And in, for uh, 1967, for Canada Centennial, the Ontario Hydro Company, along with a few citizens and, and civic leaders from city of Stony Creek, erected uh, about a 150-foot cross on top of the escarpment that you could see for miles, 50 miles away. Wow. And this thing would light up at Easter and at Christmas time. Yeah. And it was spectacular. And it was just it gave a symbol over the whole city that this, we belong to God. We believe in God, right? And so at the foot of that cross, it is at the edge of the devil's punch bowl, which was a, a terrible place where several people would commit suicide over a year. Okay, yeah. They'd jump off the cliff there. Yeah. And it was a big waterfalls. It was yeah. not a pretty sight. But we were sitting up there at the cross overlooking the devil's punch bowl. And I said to Joyce, I said, one thing I need to get clear is that before we get married, I said, I want to be a pastor. I'm mm. going to go to... Calvin College. I'm going to go to Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. Michigan. I'm going to be a minister. I want to be a, a leader, a church leader. I want to serve God. I want to bring in the gospel to people's lives. And are wow. you equipped for that? Would you yeah. go with that? Yeah, so that's a good she question. Said, yeah, she said, yeah. So you knew you knew back then that that's yeah. something you wanted to do. Yeah, when I was 20 years old. So stepping out of the <clears throat> school system was probably... You're probably nervous, but you were also probably, okay, what's next? Were you thinking pastor right away? No. My mother-in-law, I'll never forget, <laughs> oh, that I had given up my job, right? Yeah. But I was able to cycle in to, I found a job posted in the newspaper. Yeah. They had a competition, it was called Revenue Canada. And... Yeah, and they were posting for uh, assessors or assessment clerks or whatever yeah. you want to call them, right? So I applied for that job, and I got it. You were you worked for Revenue Canada. Revenue Canada for another <laughs> that took me six, seven years, six years with Revenue Canada. Yeah. Now that was quite something because they had competitions all the time, and you got promoted on your merit. You got to try out for competition. So I started there at. $1,000 less than I was making in teaching. Yeah. $7,500 a year, Joe. That's yeah. what I was making. Okay. Trying to raise kids and pay off a mortgage, pay a mortgage. Yeah. And so on. And within a year, I had gone up to 11400 And then in the third year, 
I was now $19,000 income, which was far exceeded whatever I was making in, or yeah. would have been making in teaching. Yeah. And then I was buying and selling houses. That's when that started. I was starting to buy That's and sell houses. That's when yeah. the Wayne Massey saga started. And, so, and this was exciting. <laughs> that was exciting. So I got working on that, and um, I had a realtor friend who was helping me, uh, you know, buy and sell. And uh, I, he would give me the tear sheets from the real estate board so I could go yeah. look at properties, investment properties, etc. And at the ta- taxation office, I had moved now from assessor to uh, uh, I was outside on an auditor. I, got, I went from an assessor to an auditor. Then I went down to tax roll, and I came up with a plan. I said, you know what? There's a lot of non-filing going on, a lot of unreported income happening out here yeah. because I see the data sheets on the real estate side, mm-hmm. but there I don't see the corresponding tax returns on this side. Hmm. So I went to the... Um, director of taxation mm-hmm. and I said I have a proposal I would like to develop a program an investigating investigation program where we will come and I shared the whole thing with him mm-hmm. and he said you think you can make that work he said I'm going to give you a special job and you're going up to special audit division so I went wow. up there and it took me a year and a half and then we succeeded tremendously in auditing and and correlating all the information. And then they put me on a national tour from Ottawa, Calgary, uh, Nova Scotia, and I was teaching. Oh yeah. Wow. I was teaching for the next year, teaching uh, how to implement this new program to other uh, audit divisions across the country. And I came back off of that tour and they said, what job do you want? And I said, budget and program control. I want to be in charge of the $6 million financial budget. I want to be in charge of program production and control. And I want, had a staff of seven, and yeah. we ran that department. What? Yeah. And you were in your mid-20s? I wasn't even 30 yet. Wow. Yeah. So you you just were, you had such talent and such vigor. I, yeah, I could see things. I could yeah. visualize. I could see. You were an and, innovator. And I was... Yeah, I was creating, and and so that w- that went on. But by then, um, that's when I got I got into real estate. I left there and went to real estate. Something there's a real transition here because I have to tell you, my pastoral dream was kind of diminished a bit. It was it was crushed. Yeah, Joe. In 1975, we had an, our house. Yeah. And we Joey was born in 75. Yeah. So that was our third child. Yeah. You had Scott, Ken, Ken, and Joey. Joey. And so we got, she is just a few months old. She was born in August. And in September, I have already planned to go to Grand Rapids in Michigan. I've already worked through the uh, uh, immigration. I've got my permits to go over there yeah. and so on. But what were you going to do there? I was going to uh, study uh, my uh, divinity degree, go for my uh, theolo- theological degree. What school was in Grand Rapids? Uh, Calvin College. Calvin College. Calvin College. Wow. Yeah. So, so you're still in the Christian Reformed yes. circle. Yeah. Yeah. So I went through, I got that all lined up. We sold our house 
had the Mayflower truck behind us, and we're driving through the border at Detroit yeah. in September of 75. I always bought a brand new house, 1945 Concord Drive, $32,000 on a, on, a on a GI pension, GI mortgage over there. What does that mean, GI? GI, uh, in the Army, they, they have a 25 or 30. How did you get that? There was already existing mortgage. I just assumed it. I put the money down to pay the difference, took over the mortgage. It yeah. was so low. The interest rates back in, in normal interest rates in 75 were 12, 13, no, no, they were 11, 12%. Yeah. I got this at 6% because it was a GI mortgage. <laughs> wow. So I took that over. Plus I had a part-time job with the college on doing maintenance and so forth so I could manage. Plus yeah. I had money saved up from the sale of our house. Yeah. I had that money in the bank to carry us through. So I got to the border, showed them our paperwork, and that was when uh, uh, Reagan was just getting elected. Yeah. And uh, they had just gone through, They Nixon had been out, Gerald Ford was out, uh, yeah. and, and then they had the uh, Vietnam War was over and they had such a recession. They had spent so much money funding the war yeah. that their dollar was 10 cents lower than our dollar and then they, there were so many uh, soldiers came back and there were no jobs. So yeah. I'm going over there. Getting and, a job, and you're Canadian. And they shut me down. Yeah. I, they, 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 I kept setting the border for about four hours. And he said, you can go, but your family can't. And what? I said, what are you talking? Exactly, Joe. Yeah. You can go, but your family can't. Said, That's impossible. I can't go. I've already got the letters. He said, no, they don't matter anymore. We have a new president. We have a new governor. In, in, in Michigan, and it doesn't matter. That's the old governor's. Uh, I had a governor's letter to say we were. Wow. Yeah. This wasn't necessarily anti immigrant, but it was about economy and jobs. It was and, Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Isolation protectionism. Wow. Yeah, 1975. So here, September 75, I'm stuck at the border with a moving truck with my kids and my wife, sold our house. And I can't bought go, another house. Bought a house in the states. Yeah, but I can't go. You can't go to your own house. Can't go. And he said you could. <laughs> well, go. You could go. And yeah. you go to school, but leave your wife and kids here. I said, where am were I you on a, Were you on a visa? Yeah, student yeah. visa. Was it called F one status back then? I don't know, but the okay. Because I did the visa there, and essentially, I could I could get a visa. Yeah, and I could get a um, social security number, an SSN. Yeah. Um, but I could only work on campus. Yeah. I could only work uh, 20 hours a week. Yeah. But Jen, when she came, she came as what's called F2 status, which was basically it's what's considered a dependent. Yes. She literally yes. couldn't do any, like it, it's nope. kind of similar thing. Like she just, <clears throat> she could be in the States. Yeah. She wasn't allowed to work. She wasn't allowed, like there was no, no registered anything. She could just huh? basically... Yeah. Be there, and that that was that they, didn't work for Jen because Jen wanted to work. Yeah, I hear you. She's, well, Joyce was happy to stay home with three kids. Yeah, that yeah, we didn't have kids. And times. the other qualification was I had to have twelve thousand dollars a year income to prove that I could carry my family for the five years I was going to be at right. college. Right. So I I had the sixty thousand dollars in the bank from the sale of our houses. I sold property yeah. and so on. And so I had at that age you showed them. I it was I already got the there. money. Yeah, that, it's all there. And, and they still didn't let you in. Wouldn't let us in. You wouldn't even need to work there. It doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. No. But right. that's the way it was. That's the way it was. So you ended up hopefully selling the house. No. 
I kept the house for years because it was such a good investment. I rented it out. <laughs> really? In the States. You'd go down there and check in? Check in. I'd check it out. We had good tenants. I had a property manager down there in Grand Rapids. He How was it that you could just own a house in the States even? No, yeah. that's a little. That was it. It wasn't hard at all. Is it still, is that you, still a thing? You can still do it. A lot of Canadians own houses down in Palm Springs or in Mesa or Arizona and Phoenix. A lot of Canadians own real estate down in the States. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no problem. If anyone's looking, um, yeah. Okay, well then so you're crushed. That crushes me, okay? Yeah. Here it is, it's dark now. Yeah. We get no, to turn the truck back. I got a truck full To go of, where? Go back to Stony Creek. Yeah, but where would you go? Because you didn't- We went to the Gulliver Travels Motel. <laughs> yeah. And, and sent the- How much was a hotel room? I don't back. remember. Oh, what? I stumped you. Yeah, you stumped Usually, me. Usually, yeah. you don't remember at all? I don't think know, about Joe. I, if I had to They're think like about it, they're like on average hundred yeah. now. So no, no, I think it was only like about thirty-five, twenty-five, thirty-five dollars a night. But I had to take. We had this kids. We went to Gulliver's Travel. Um, I phoned my real estate agent Ken guys the next morning, and I said, Ken, is there an empty house anywhere in Stony Creek? Yeah. I have. To, he he was stunned. He said, What's gone on? And he said, There's one house. It's forty-four Upper Walker Drive. Yeah. up on the plateau off yeah. of Battlefield Drive Park area. And he said, it's a one and a half story and it needs work, man. And you can buy it for 52000 And I said, I got 52000 I'll yeah. buy it. So bought I bought that outright. house and it was vacant. We moved in in a few days Yeah, and I had the truck show up, but I had to gut that house and rebuild it. And But I was, I was mad. You were mad. I was mad. And sad. Oh, I was crushed. It was, uh, and I thought, God, why did you? Do? I just went through everything to go to 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 serve you, and to I yeah. moved my family. I did all of this stuff, right? Wow. So you were a bit disgruntled, mixed with the tension of other endeavors that have seemed to work out really mm-hmm. well. It mm-hmm. seemed like doors, yeah. all the doors opened always for yeah. Wayne Massey, but not this one. Not this, and you know why? You know why? Because <laughs> the attitude, the uh, yeah. there wasn't humility. Interesting. That's why, Joe, that yeah. a pastor cannot be a proud, in-charge kind of guy. So you had to learn some things. I had to learn some things. Over the years, yeah. I had to learn how to be humble. And that came highly in 1992. I was humbled beyond belief. Let's let's but, pin that right now, but I just want to get from... Uh, Let's fast. Let's get from seventy-five to ninety-two, <laughs> just quickly because there are some important pieces in there. Such as, is this the house that ended up being worth a lot? Because there was one property that the airport bought. Right? Although that was in nineteen eighty-eight okay. to ninety. So, yes. that was without it. putting words in your mouth, yeah, from seventy-five. To 90 was housing. Okay, but in that time... Wanting to be a millionaire, wanting to be... Absolutely, by the time I was... I was... I'd already... Yeah, you shared that story once with us. Yeah. That was a dream of yours. that was an ambition. And you you got it. Yes, I was there. You you know the the real estate world well. Yeah, I was... was, My first year in real estate started in May, and um, I, I had an awesome year... Um, I became second in the office out of 32 people. Ken Guys, my realtor, was the first, was number yeah. one in the office. But then I went uh, the second year, I was one of the top 10 in all of the 
uh, Hamilton Real Estate Board, and there wow. were over 12,000 realtors. Wow. So then my third year, I was with Remax, and yeah. I never looked back. It was just, it, it, uh, you know, the attitude is the altitude. Yeah. Attitude <laughs> is the aptitude to reach the altitude. Wow. And if it's to be, it's up to me. That was the whole slogan back then. And there was no ceiling. No, there was just, no ceiling. It was just go, man, go. Yeah. And so I devoted and connect, committed myself to a lot of hard work day and night, and it cost me dearly with by not being home as much as I should have been. Yeah. But to get you from 75, I started real estate in 78. And uh, uh, we have four kids now. And um, I had put uh, being a pastor on the back burner because things were just, I was getting yeah. swept up in the world. Yeah. And we left the uh, Dutch church because of, uh, we did Joyce want to leave? Yes, that she, she insisted leave. on leaving. Finally, she didn't want to be part of the reformed. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to be there. Yeah. And uh, uh, we went to the Stony Creek Alliance Church. No way. That was our next church. Joe, yeah. it was a beautiful Have you ever chatted with Rob Wall about One Life, One Chance and part of its origins? No. Started in Stony Creek. Really, eh? You didn't know that? I didn't know that, Joe. I, yeah. I just talked to Rob and Brenda recently, but... It I was called talk. Stony Creek Ministries. In that wild. Right day. before, yeah. Well, the same church that I was at, yeah. we... Uh, actually, I started on Manor Drive with uh, Don Olson and his wife, Chris, and they're out in Victoria right now, okay? But they were our pastors in Stony Creek. And then they, we built a new church, just like the church we have here today in the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. I was on the building committee for the, for, for the uh, wow. church. And so we built that one. And... Uh, then I stayed there for a little while. I really missed the, the smallness. The th we only had 350 mm. in the small church. Now we're up to 700, and it got a little bit out of touch, big, yeah. big. But then, of course, uh, that's when uh, Scott Street was a kid, and he was going to the church then. What? Yes, and Brian Dirksen was the youth pastor back then. Our Brian Dirksen? Yes. Was the, the, these all come out of Stony, Stony Creek? Creek? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No way. Yes, sir. So that was back in the 80s. So there's some serious connections between yeah. Stony Creek and, and Chilliwack Alliance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, uh, Scott's parents, uh, uh, Glenn and, and Clara Street, yeah, yeah. Well, they went to that church too. No way. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is neat. Yeah. So you guys, you found yourselves at that church. Were you just attending or were you uh, volunteering? Were you, yeah. Was it... I was, yeah. uh, as I say, I volunteered on the building committee yeah. and uh, had a, it was good. Our kids were busy. We were in that uh, era of sports <clears throat> with kids. And uh, so <clears throat> I kind of, by the mid 85, middle of 85 to 90, faded back from church. Yeah. Yeah, just just faded out and the kids were teenagers right. and lots of other stuff going on and family and business business was growing uh we bought the we bought a resort in huntsville so i bought that in 1984 85 i was on the fire department volunteer fire department back yeah. then and there was a resort for sale up in huntsville and i just said you know what i really that's where we did all uh, on lake of base we did yeah. all of our stuff up there so i May, this thing was going in, the interest rates had gone in the 80s to 22%. Yeah. Well, this particular resort had a 19% mortgage on it that the people couldn't carry any longer. And this was the February 84. Yeah. And I heard about it. So I went up and I bought it, but uh, paid off the mortgage and, and refinanced the whole thing. Wow. And uh, we opened up, 
that was our you owned a resort. Yes, uh, we had nine cabins. I did not know this. Yeah, we have. Where 40, was it? On Deer Lake in Huntsville. Huntsville is Ontario, northern okay. Ontario, no, on, above Toronto. Yeah. The Kawarthas and the Muskokas and yeah, Huntsville, yeah. right? So Embrace Bridge up that way. So uh, and uh, Berks Falls. We were very close to Berks Falls between yeah. Huntsville and Berks Falls. And I bought that, and we ended up for uh, four summers. Our kids start. Jeff was eight, and Scott would have been twelve. Yeah. So those four summers, I I left real estate. They got out of school the middle of June, and we went up there, and we the whole summer. We we had cabins. We had nine cabins. Yeah. We had forty five trailer sites, twelve hundred feet of beachfront. We had twenty six acres, and we had uh, we had a beautiful hunting, uh, snowmobiling winter scenes. So that we did that. We still kept our house in yeah. Stony Creek. We still had that one. Yeah. But this was just a family summer getaway thing that we ran because you closed it down in September, opened it up in June. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it was. Perfect. We had snowmobiles. We had rifles. We did hunting. We did everything up there. And you still, people rented it out. Yep. It still was an income. Oh, it totally. Yeah. yeah. It carried itself. We produced and, and we, we had a general store that Joey would run. The, the We had lots of yeah. recreational activities. Yeah. So work hard, play hard, yeah. family. Mm-hmm. But, and without being too presumptuous, still bit of the world oh yes yes and you wanted it oh i and yeah. you were getting it i had the world by the tail <laughs> and what does the dog do when it catches the tail yeah doesn't know what to do with it yeah, exactly. so then comes 92 yeah well by then we had sold the you see we were out for mother's day drive in 80 may of 88 and um, we still had our heritage home on Lake Avenue Drive. That was Judge McCombs' estate home that we had that I bought in 82, and I completely renovated that. And then we still had the resort on top of it. So I sold the resort in uh, the spring of 88, mm-hmm. and uh, we were out for Mother's Day Drive and saw an open house, 97 acres, beautiful farm up in Mount Hope, just a few miles down the road from the airport. Mm-hmm. And it was a divorce or a split up. And I went in and we bought that $270,000 cash. Wow. Yes. You were that guy. Yeah. I went in and I do that. We just said, I'll take this house. So with the money from the resort and everything else, we just paid. So we said, we'll take that. And then we got up there, we remodeled that house, put in a pond. I I got a bobcat and a guy and an excavator. I needed to have an ice rink so that in the wintertime, I had spotlights all around and we had a skating rink. The whole neighborhood would come over and we'd skate. We had like I say, 97 acres, 25 yeah. acres in the bush, in-ground pool, 2,000-square-foot rancher with a full base. It was beautiful for 270000 yeah. And then... So we what there. floored you in 92? What's that? What floored you? In what 92? was humbling? Yeah. I, what happened? After this one, again, we moved our kids. Yeah. Don't forget, I, I'm saying we, we've got them on Lake Avenue. We moved them up here yeah. to, to Airport Road. And then... They announced the new development of the John Monroe Municipal Airport, Regional Airport in yeah. Hamilton. Well, it went crazy. People were knocking at my door. I sold for over $600,000 less than... Yeah. And they just said, here, and you can stay here, rent as long as you want, whatever, right? Wow. So I decided at that point to uh, invest in a um, business adventure or venture with a couple of other partners, four other guys, and um, so when we put half a million dollars into that venture and that opening up uh, and franchises all across Ontario, 
what was the venture? Real estate. Okay, yeah, still yeah, real, real estate. estate. Still real estate. Buying into a, a, a new concept of managing and owning real estate offices. So mm-hmm. I bought two of the franchises, one for Stony yeah. Creek, one for Grimsby. And I was I had 36 salespeople working for me. And the guys up above the, that we were partners with, they were selling the rest of the franchises. And it came to the fall of 92. And it was time for payout because we've had a four-year investment here. Yeah, And uh, now we're going to go collect our our rewards or returns on the 41, 42 franchises that have been sold. And plus the every month, all those agents now, we've got over a thousand agents and everybody's been paying 25 bucks a month for the last mm. four years. Now we're building up. So each of us was going to get our cut of the pie. Mm-hmm. And when we got to the offices in Mississauga, there was a notice on the door and the door was shut. And the money was gone. The guys were gone. What? Yeah. They, they took were, everything. They were crooks. Yeah, they took everything. And they ran off t- to uh, Barbados, took off the two head guys. And you, uh, just out of complete carnal curiosity here, yeah. what roughly would the money have been? Close to a million. Each. Yeah. For each. So they walked away with yeah, several. potentially several, five yeah. plus million dollars, yeah. which is a lot in... Yeah, so the rest of us all caught together because we were down there that day for what we understood was going to be a celebratory event and that we all kind of went down in the same van and we were going to meet up with the two principals and we were going to get, we were the uh, shareholders, if you will, yeah. and we were going to cash in and we were going to get our So our what, was that, what was that moment like? Devastating. A Every, bus. The, how many were you again? The four of us. Four of us. Yeah. And um, you were... All four of you, what was the initial reaction? It was just like stunned. When we, see, two guys. Probably were, unbelievable at first. There, there were four shares. I had one of the four shares. Yeah. And one share was split between two other guys. So that's why the numbers okay. aren't quite even. But I had one of the four shares. So um, we got there and we all looked. And we've been on, we've been at this office before for our board meetings and our discussion meetings and our planning meetings and yeah. our director's meetings, right? And we got there and it was like, what? Where are they? I won't mention names. Yeah. They just said, where are they? And the notice on the door said, closed, closed, gone. So we got a hold of the landlord and he said, if you find them, let me know because they haven't paid rent for the last four or five months. So we called head office out in Van- Vancouver, got a hold of a fellow out here, yeah. uh, the the master franchisor, yeah. and I said, hey, what's going on? Because we are here in Toronto and we can't find so-and-so. And they said, when you do, let us know. They haven't paid any fees with us for at least the last three or four months, and we need our money. We're going to pull back. We're going to take back the entire franchise operation from you guys. And I said, oh. we're all like devastated at that time. Yeah. So that was. Uh, in the Were fall. these guys ever caught? The, no. They may. They they're somewhere in the Caribbean or we Bahamas. Had no idea. Or, no idea. We went to lawyers to try and get a, a file a suit and do whatever, but nothing. I've never heard this yeah, story. That's amazing. That is, uh, how did you recover? Well, you know, Joe, at that time, a couple of, it wasn't an isolated, it was. A, 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 People were doing this? No, 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 no. That was, I, I had to be careful how I <laughs> phrased that. It was a shocking situation. Yeah. But I have been, we had a recession. You. The other thing you have to put into oh, the yeah. picture is that Bob Ray got elected 
uh, nobody expected NDP to get elected in Ontario in 1990. Yeah. And the whole government, the whole economy shut down instantly. I was representing three different builders and developers and they all packed up and went to Texas. They all shut down. As soon as the NDP government got elected, I mean, our commerce, our industry, our business, our, yeah. it, grind, it ground to a, a complete halt instantly. So here we are for 90, 91, 92, paying, nobody's selling. You can't give a house away. So I'm into the three toughest years of my real estate history. Wow. And I'm funding and I'm supporting and I'm paying every month to carry these real estate offices to pay the staff yeah. and also to carry some of the expenses that the salespeople still owe me yeah. because we're still advertising and promoting. And I got the ticket or the bill for all of that to cover. And then I'm counting on this cash to pay off and to boy, to, to support the, the whole endeavor well, that's evaporated. And so I've got a mortgage on my house that I never had in my life before. I didn't have yeah. a mortgage. Yeah. Now I got a mortgage on my house. Yeah. And I came home and I had to tell Joyce. Yeah. That was not a good scene. And of course, when you're when you're scrambling financially for three years, if you have hard times financially, it's hard on the family too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got growing kids and they got kids in university and I'm trying yeah. to make things happen. And you guys... You know, unintentionally created probably a lifestyle. Oh, totally. They, they, <laughs> they we had a big lifestyle. Big, yeah, yeah it was. And uh, and I was involved in all kinds of uh, charity work and, and and community stuff too. So certain expectations. Yeah. So here I am, and I'm thinking, oh, I cannot bear the brunt of um, uh, bankruptcy. Can't bear any to face any financial ruin or collapse or losing my house or whatever. And so I thought, Lord, I'm, I'm going to, I got on top of the tower. The big cross. No, no, CN battlefield, tower. The oh, battlefield, battlefield tower. Battlefield tower, which was the, it's about 120 feet high. Okay. And it's a stone structure. Look, yeah. Google battlefield park. Okay. And you'll see this beautiful tower. Yeah. Then you could walk up inside it and yeah. I did I walked up to the top of it and I looked over the parapet yeah. and I and I mean this is October the 6th yeah. 1992 and I was reborn again you were, I gave my life yeah. to Christ August the 13th 1961 and I strayed way far away by the 1992 30 wow. years later wow. and then I'm up on this tower and I've had an I'm going to jump end it right now it's yeah. over and as I look down over the edge there's my dog he isn't just a dog. He's a wolf. He's a timber yeah, yeah. wolf. Which is know? another story. That's a, another story. That's <laughs> Which a good story. And he's looking up there at me, and I'm looking down there at him in his eyes. And I'm just thinking, as I'm about to jump, oh, God, what is wrong with me? Where have I gone? What have I done? Yeah. On my own accord, I have failed so badly. I've trusted in humans. I've trusted in, and I've tried to build out so many so much treasures and wealth yeah. and everything else. I was so far gone down that path, and now I was going to end my life because of that. And I got kids, and I got a wife. and yeah. So I just fell down, crumbled in tears, yeah. and on my knees, and I just humbled myself. I, I was just broken. Yeah. And I just said, Lord, it's got to get better. You can do it. I'm going to give my life to you. I want you to fill me with your spirit, and I just want you to wash over me. Hmm. Relieve me of this burden, 
Help me get through all of this. Lord, I just need you to take control now. Hmm. And I know with you, anything and everything is possible. Forgive me and restore me. Hmm. And he did. Yeah. But that was my change. That's when... That's the big pivotal moment. That was a pivotal moment. And that's when I came back to the Lord. And since that day, anything I've ever done is to to honor him. It's not about making money. It's not about having a good lifestyle. It's all about taking care and looking after his people and and pastoring. And I, I went right away. We moved out here. Yeah. I had a... I didn't have to go bankrupt. That's I do want to make that really clear. The one thing I was really concerned about was my reputation. I had a good reputation. So I went to all the creditors. I went to the real estate board. I did everything. And I paid back everything from October uh, 1992 to June of 1994. I worked tirelessly for the next two and a half years, two years. I paid everybody back and I got my release my, not not released from bankruptcy or anything like that. Right. What I got was a release form from creditors, from the newspaper, from the real estate board, mm. from others, and from the bank. Mm. June of ninety six, uh, I'm sorry, June of yeah, June of ninety four, the Royal Bank finally said, "You're clear. You're done. You're paid off." And wow. I had to make sure that was done too. And at As, that to- that point, you were in Chilliwack. No, no, we were still in in uh, Hamilton, Ontario. Okay. But in, that was June, and then on June 24th, I got on an airplane, I flew out here, yeah. I, f- I signed up with Remax in, in Chilliwack, yeah. and I found a place to rent, and we moved out in August. Wow. But I knew as soon as I was free from all my indebtedness, and I had a clean slate, and I had a clear conscience, yeah. I could move forward. But God had really helped me over those next two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And was it exciting to have a sort of a, like a starting fresh? Yeah. You guys got here. Yep. Um, yeah. Let's let's just go quick of what that's been like. Chill. You've been in we Chilliwack came for here and this, almost. This was the leading of the Holy Spirit. We joined. We came here in August of '94. Ken Shamoon's first Sunday. <laughs> it was this church you this went church. to first. We went right yeah. here to nice. this church and uh, another Lions church. Yeah. And uh, we came here, and we had recommitted our marriage, our lives, and so on to the wow. Lord. And we just wanted to serve. We came here, and the the, the uh, people were so welcoming and so accepting. I went into real estate for my first week in real estate here in Chilliwack, and I knew the Lord was with me because I sold property instantly. Day number two, hmm. Yeah, I, I sold a, a, a farm here and another yeah. farm in Agassiz, and I and it was just like I can't believe in in two days I'm already doing well, well. doing yeah. well, and uh, people responded to Wayne's wit of the week. I was advertising, marketing myself. Wayne's wit of the week, Joe. I came into a, <laughs> I ca- it's a marketing concept that I created. Yeah. So I'm coming into a new territory. I'm coming to a new province. I don't know. My brother lives here. He got transferred here from Quinell, B.C. with the RCMP. That yeah. was the only person I knew in Chilliwack. Wow. And he came, He got transferred. Uh, yeah, anyways, he got transferred in March of that year. So I show up here, and I don't know anybody, but I have to make a name for myself. Hmm. I have to get out of the off the starting blocks. I'm on a 100-yard dash, and i got to do it in less than 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started off my first time here, I took out six bus benches, 
and I put Wayne Massey oh, on the yes, bus benches. Yes. And so I, I got a hold of Al Kincaid and I said, Al, I want six bus benches. And I plastered them around. I got good locations and that introduced me. And then in the newspaper, I went to the Progress and I talked to Bev Bilski. She was our, my ad agent or ad rep. Yeah. I said, Bev, I'm going to, I don't have any houses to advertise. I don't even have a listing, but the guys in the office gave me some that I could use. Yeah. But I want a half page ad, but a quarter of it is going to be Wayne's Wit of the Week. And on Wayne's Wit of the Week, there I am standing out in a, in a field beside a cow, and it says, you won't get any bull when you deal with Wayne. <laughs> so, or I'd be standing on a rooftop yeah. on a house, and it said, when you list your house with Wayne, he gets right on top of it. I'm holding a for sale. <laughs> and then on a set of train tracks. Yeah. And there I am off of uh, Lickman Road on those tracks. Yeah. And they go on forever, and it says, you're on the right track when you hire Wayne for real estate. <laughs> And so I'm doing every week. I'm nice. coming up with a new idea yeah. on how to promote. Well, people that must get me. tiring. Oh, it was a lot of puns. It was fantastic, though. Yeah. People, <laughs> and, and, and on the baseball diamond, you'll get a home run when you deal. When yes. You okay. It goes you, on and on. You won't strike out with Wayne. That nice. kind of stuff. And uh, so people were calling me up. Hey. Yeah. Love your puns. Love love your Wayne's with the week. Come on out yeah. list my house. I like to meet you. <laughs> that started. You you recognized. Uh, a secret that humor yeah humor works humor worked but it, it also yeah. broke the ice yeah it, it made me stand out from the rest of the group you yeah. know what i mean gave me an identity that's really neat yeah and then officially when did you come on staff here at Chilak 2010 2010 so but before that in 1999 1997 89 i guess 90 2000 i went back to university has it been yeah. a long time? Yeah. Back in the 70s? I went back to Trinity Western, I redid, and I got my Bachelor's of Religious Education. Okay. I got my degree. Yeah. And part of that also put me in here with Ken Shamoon on the staff for a one-year internship. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. My office, where I am now, was... Your Anna, office? Anna and my office yeah. were the original staff room here. Yeah. And that's where we had our, our meetings. And so I was here. <sighs> and uh, so I, I did a sermon June 25th, 2000. I did. Uh, I graduated from Trinity Western yeah. and now Northwest Baptist College back then in 2000. And uh, I, I, but from this 97 right through to about 2008, I was teaching Sunday school here. Mm. And then I was asked to be an elder, mm -hmm. came on uh, as an elder, and then we yeah. uh, candidated because uh, Brian had left. We candidated and hired Leon at the time. Yeah. And then part in 2009, we were developing a vision and a direction, and we created the as a board the, the vision tree, and uh, Leon asked me to be the director, vision director, Right. and I came on in September 2010. Wow. And uh, stayed ever since, man. And it's the best years of my life. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And to be able to, 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 to take care of God's people, to shepherd and to, to, to serve and to be part of this team. You know, you've been on for five years now. Mm -hmm. And look at Noel. He's, only, he's been here less than <laughs> yeah. me. And he, there isn't a better staff yeah, and a better place to be. And, you know, yeah. to, to be able to, to dwell in the house of the Lord, yeah. to... to to create, to have the Holy Spirit lead and guide, yeah. and and have you just uh, rejoice daily, wow, in your in your in your relationship with uh, with with God, yeah. and Jesus, yeah, and to help others to grow deeper, grow wider, to 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 to, to discover the what we have, yeah. yeah, that that that's the only purpose in life. That's all life is about. Nah. 
Well, it's it's excellent having you here, and it's it's really cool to finally hear sort of the whole story and just see how the Lord um, prepared you in so many ways mm-hmm. and shaped you. And yeah. there were these pivotal moments. Yeah. I think it would be, even though we've gone the longest we've ever gone, I still think it's necessary just to end um, with, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of other pivotal moments, but there's one big one in your life that hasn't been brought up yet, and it's with Joyce and then to Hillary. Yeah. Why don't you just tell us quickly, just because, again, this the point of this podcast is people, um, a lot of people know this story, but people will get to know. Now they see that was the love of your life, the nurse. And then there's this day at at Safeway and... Yeah, why don't why don't you tell us and yeah. then and then how I guess cuz you were so known and you were so you're working in the church, you noticed mm. Hillary. So this is yeah. yeah, put some context was, to it. This is a tough one, Joe. Yeah, uh, reflecting back on Joyce is not easy for me because it was such a such a loss. Um it was Saturday afternoon. Um we were watching our granddaughter's championship soccer game over at the field behind uh, Coliseum there. And uh, they won, and we decided it was, uh, it was November the 23rd, and we decided we would go back to our house for a party uh, and uh, to celebrate. And so... Um, Sarah still had to finish her shoebox, and, and Grandma and, and Sarah did up shoeboxes, and the next day was shoebox Sunday. So um, Joyce and I said, we'll go over to Safeway, we'll pick up, you know, the pop, the chips, the pizza, whatever, and we'll meet you guys up at our house. So Joey and John and Sarah charged over to the dollar store to get the rest of the stuff t- so we could finish the stockings as well yeah. that day. And while Joyce and I were at the checkout lineup, no symptoms, no nothing, she just... She turned to me and she said, I'm having terrible chest pains. And I just looked at her and I said, what do you mean chest pains? And she said, I feel so dizzy. And she collapsed Hmm. and she was gone. And they tried for 40 minutes to revive her. And the medical team were there instantly. And uh, God took her home. Hmm. That was a shock, and that was totally. Uh, anyways, you, you know, you don't get over that. You just learn to live with it. Mm-hmm. So you push it back a bit. But anyways, um, they, those were dark days. Those next few months, hmm. I couldn't think straight, and uh, being lonely and crying all the time. No idea how deep it goes, but. The staff were really good. They were inviting me over for dinner or they were bringing dinners to me and Mm. they were trying to care, you know, how we are with Martin, Mim even now, right? Mm. Art and Mim right now. But the one day Hillary sent me an email and I've worked beside Hillary or I'd come into work and say, hi, Hillary, good morning, Hillary, that sort of thing. And Joyce would come here and bring me lunches and so on over the years because we both started in 2010, and this is late 2013. Well, now we're into the spring of 2014. Hmm. And um, But I had no 
desire no no nothing with anybody and uh, we had dinner at Carol Thronus and Leon put on a bachelor dinner kind of a single guy's dinner because Harold was um, widowed at the same he he was widowed I was widowed and Lori was single mm-hmm. bachelor or whatever and so we were invited over for dinner the first week or so in January at their house and uh I'll never forget Carol saying, I want you to let you know, I want you to know I got your back. And I said, what do you mean, Carol? She said, well, you know what? You don't realize it and you don't even think about it. You don't understand, you don't realize it now, but you're going to need watching over because there are women in the church who will be having, they'll have their eye on you. Mm. And I said, oh, you're crazy. You're nuts, whatever. I don't even think about that. And she said, no, I'm just letting you know, just... I'm watching out for you. And mm. I said, well, gee, thanks very much. Leave it at that. And um, a couple of weeks later, uh, well, this is no couple of months later, it's in March, we often got and still do the complimentary tickets for Theatre 7. Mm. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. Theatre 7 is put on in Abbotsford, a mm-hmm. good live theatre group. And in the past, it, I was it was customary for us to go. Joyce and I would go up to that, and I'd get a ticket. So the mm-hmm. one day I came in, and and, and Hillary said, um, "Oh, I I, t- I talked about Hillary sending me an email about her turn to bring dinner," and I said, "Well, you know, it seems odd that you're uh, bringing me dinner, and then I'm going to take it home and eat it, and you're going home and eating alone too." Mm-hmm. And I said, "We co- we work together, and if, if you." If you want to, I, I would. I, I'd need somebody to talk to. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But it was there was nothing amorous in that at all. Right. And you know what? And and maybe I was being somewhat naive too. <laughs> Anyhow, I just thought I did, I got tired of sharing my dinner with the dog every night. The dogs every night, and I just needed somebody else to talk to for a change. Yeah. And I wasn't back in real estate yet. It was too hard for me, and so I'd been having several months of downtime and dark time through the winter. Yeah. And so we said, well, we'll meet at White Spot. It was a Monday night coming. We made it for the Monday night or something. Well, boy, God put his hand down on that as we had about a five-foot snowfall. And uh, we didn't go anywhere that way. Yeah. So we chuck, chuckled and said, well, maybe we'll do next Monday night. Okay, see you there next Monday night. Again, another three-foot snowfall. No way. Yes, there was no way we were going to ever sit together in a restaurant from what I figured what God was telling me. Yeah. That was over and done with. <laughs> so then we have these tickets, right? Yep. So I come into the office on a Tuesday morning, as usual, uh, for me, Tuesday and Wednesdays, and Hillary says, oh, by the way, Wayne, um, Gallery 7 sent tickets over. Are you interested in going? I said, oh, yeah, give me a couple of tickets. And I start walk by her, and I got to the door by the photocopier, and I turned around and came back and said, I'm sorry, one ticket, that's all I need, mm. one ticket. Mm. And I kind of went back, but I cried a lot. Oh, man, I cried so much in my office. Mm. And the, the staff knew, too. They could see I was still suffering and hurting but, mm. and grieving. And um, so we went to the, uh, when, uh, as a staff in a group, we ended up going to the... Uh, Theater Seven, and I and there were a number of couples that were there, uh, mm-hmm. Paul and Bevuskin, and, and a few from the staff and so forth. So we kind of planted ourselves, and I ended up sitting beside Hillary, hmm. and that was just 
Now, maybe they orchestrated that. Yeah. I don't know. But ended up, I ended up sitting beside Hillary, and we're watching Corey Ten Boom's uh, amazing production and uh, The Hiding Place. Hmm. And it's at this real climax of the production and the Gestapo are tearing apart the house and the floorboards looking for the mm-hmm. Jewish uh, hideaways. Yeah. And I get this voice, like the Field of Dreams voice. <laughs> Kevin Costner hears, yeah. Bill, he will come. And I get, put your arm around her. And I thought, what? Yeah. And I thought, no way. I don't, I work with her. And minute or so later I get this voice put your arm around her yeah no I can't do that I don't even know her yeah and a third time right down in the solar plexus put your arm around her (laughs) okay so I reach up and I put my arm around Hillary yeah and I look at her because I know she's kind of wondering what am I up to yeah and do you know the veil the scales were lifted off my eyes the most beautiful second time in my life. <laughs> the radiant, beautiful, loving. Uh, wow. Yeah. What a, I never ever it's saw beautiful. Hillary like that in my. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't believe it. So we went out afterwards with Paul and Bev Huskin to the cafe and, and we just kind of talked. Yeah. And then Saturday came and there was no, I, did, I thought, wow, who is she? I've never, I, I worked with, but I've never known or never seen yeah. her that way before. And then Sunday morning, Bob Dirksen and I are busy doing a skit with motorcycles on the stage yeah. for people to do the ride ride 2012 across, yeah. ride 2014, I should say. And um, that morning got to church in the foyer and I am looking for Hillary. Yeah. So she is looking for me also. And she's here and I'm there. And you, you can imagine the chariots of fire theme as we go running across uh, the foyer <laughs> to find each other. Wow. Wow, Joe. Yeah. And then the church embraced us so beautifully. Yeah. Uh, we went to Leon the <laughs> next morning. Like Monday night we met. I had to talk to her. Mm-hmm. I said, this isn't just a, a, a romance. This is an office romance. We got to handle this right <laughs> yeah so we had to, we yeah. went to leon on tuesday we went to yeah. the board of elders we talked to everybody yeah and we received blessings and, and green lights wow and it was and still is a marvelous marvelous uh, thing. i love god that. is good god yeah. is so beautiful and so good he blessed me again yeah i'm the luckiest man on earth i have two wonderful wonderful relationships and yeah. partners life partners it's pretty amazing it show I can't, I'm already in heaven. It can't get, it's just beautiful. So. Yeah. Well, it's been awesome hearing your story, Wayne. Uh, I know it's a little bit longer, and I'm grateful if you've made it this far. Um, obviously, if you want to hear more, Wayne has a ton of stories, especially learning about Scout the Wolf. Yeah. It's just amazing stories, um, experiences, and just how the Lord has led him here. So it's been an honor having you on, yeah. and we'll see you around, everybody. Thank you very much.